Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Beaver County Kickoff here on the Beaver County Times Sports Talk Podcast Network. I am Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, talking some Whippeal football is... Education and sports reporter Josh Carney. And sports reporter Parthupadhyay. And boys, it's good to be back once again. A very exciting week one uh, to recap, or week two, excuse me, to recap here in Whippeal football. You, you lose track of the numbers because of week zero. You don't know who's played one it game. Technically, two technically games, three, three weeks. weeks. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the third week of the season. It's the second week on the calendar, technically, that we're recapping. But nonetheless, we're here to preview week three of Whippeal football. But before we do that, let's go into last week's action. Like I said, a lot of good matchups, a lot of exciting finishes. Uh, real quick, let's get our biggest takeaways from Whippeal football week two. Parth, we'll start with you. Is West A back? I, I think so, Noah. You know, Noah, you and I talked about West A being this dominant program until about, what, 2015? They yeah, look pretty dominant to me this year. Take, yeah. You know, they look they looked good on offense against Trinity. They put 43 up against them. Last week, they did it with their defense. They held Montour to 13 points. They've got guys like Deshaun Spencer, who scored twice on defense against Trinity, one off a of pick six, one off a fumble recovery. He had three touchdowns against, uh, tr- you know, Trinity in that first game in the week one matchup. They've got guys all over the field. And their quarterback, Gavin Miller, might be the best quarterback in the Whitfield. Um, So, yeah, that's my conclusion. I think West Day is, in fact, back. As far as a natural passer goes, Miller is up there. I mean, you could Roddy Gallagher is obviously the highest recruited player, but he's not going to be recruited as a quarterback, I don't think. The kid at Gateway is really good, but he's young, Birch. Um, but yeah, Miller is a stud, and he has the athletes around him. The weird thing about this West A team is arguably two of its biggest playmakers aren't going to be playing college football. They're going to be playing college baseball and Miller at Auburn and Devin Zerwas at VCU next year. But Ja'Shawn Spencer is a, is a bona fide stud making plays on defense and offense. And Noden Tracy, one of the 10 guys I highlighted for breakout season candidates. This is a player that trains with, other really good players in the area like Landon Alexander. And uh, he was someone that Landon brought up to me and said, watch out for this dude. And he's already receiving some division one interest. So I don't know if he has any offers yet, but I know teams are looking at him. He's in the beginning of that process where he's visiting schools and going to games on Saturdays and stuff like that. So keep an eye out for him. West day definitely is back. Josh, I'm going to go ahead and go next just because I already mentioned the kid's name. My biggest takeaway from week two, Landon Alexander needs more offers. The fact that this kid only has one full scholarship offer to this point is absolutely ridiculous. What more do teams need to see? He's put on like 20 pounds of muscle in one offseason. I mean, he did the post-game interview with me after the game. He had, he, uh, had his shirt off or whatever, and I had people from Ohio saying, this is a big kid right here. Where, is he, where are his offers? People are saying, is he going to Pitt? Is he going to Penn State? And I said, he's only got one offer right now. And I don't know what more he could do. His 6'1", 190, that's good size, at least to get redshirted, where he can put on another 10, 15 pounds in one year at college. Um, and he's got the numbers to prove it. Anytime you run for 200-plus yards and a couple of scores against Aliquippa, and you have that size, and you have that resume of being an All-State running back, a state champion. I don't know what more he can prove. I get that last year, his first year as a starter, his breakout season, came during a pandemic, and coaches weren't able to get out and about as much. And he might not have the fastest 40 time. You know, He might not have the highest vertical jump or whatever they measure at these combines or these skill camps, but the dude can play football. 
and that yeah. means something. And there's going to be a school in the MAC or maybe even a low power five school that takes a chance on this guy, and they're going to get rewarded heavily well, when they do because he's going to be a star. Like I like I said to you guys via text message last week, like I think Pitt should not let him get out of the backyard. I know he might yeah. not be a, a, a big power five back, but you can't let that type of talent in your backyard get away. So yeah, slot him down the depth chart and you know yeah. see what you have. That's a diamond in the and rough right there. say he has to be a running back? I mean, that's right, he a, could be that's a corner. A kid who starts both ways. He could be a receiver. He could be you know like Tyler Boyd was a running back in high school. Yep. You know you can move him around. He's he's a great athlete. I know he'd want to play running back, but. If you got a power five division one offer, I think he'd play wherever you lined him up. Yeah. So, Dude, I was watching that video on a loop of him doing that somersault into the end zone that yeah. kind of went viral on Twitter. I cannot stop watching that. He, that was yeah, he, absolutely He needs insane. more division one offers. Someone yeah. offer my guy Landon. Josh, what do you got? <laughs> uh, my takeaway, I was at Western Beaver versus Riverside uh, in industry on Saturday, and Western Beaver is loaded with young talent on the offensive side of the football. Their skill guys, uh, most of them are sophomores and juniors. I think this team is going to be really solid. Dorian McGee stood out in a huge way for me. Uh, two incredible catches, one for a touchdown. He had a, a leaping 44-yard catch right before the half over three Riverside defenders. Um, which, I mean, the Riverside coaches absolutely lost their mind. But Tyson Florence is a sophomore. He had two long touchdowns in this game. Uh, I think it's Xander Lefebvre. He just he was incredible uh, on the ground. He struggled through the air at times. But that's a young team with a ton of talent offensively that I think could be a real problem moving forward out there in industry. Lefebvre's numbers, like you say, he struggles through the air, but every game he ends up with like three or four touchdown passes. Yeah, he, There's a very good chance he leads the Times coverage area in touchdown passes at the end of the year. And it's because, you know, like while he does struggle, he does make the throws that count. And he's got the athletes that can take a screen pass 40 oh. yards, 50 yards of the house. Thad Gray being another one. Twice on Saturday. Yeah, yep. just they're a good team. Western Beaver's a good team. I was kind of curious as to how they'd go about replacing some of the dudes they had to say goodbye to yeah. um, through graduation and transfers and everything. But they look to be, you know, what they were last year, if not better. And they have a bright future ahead. I will agree. Yeah. So guys, uh, as we wrap this up, any final thoughts on week two that we didn't get to? Nope. All good. So we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> when we return, we're going to talk to the guy that I just hyped up, Landon Alexander. He was our Times Week 2 Player of the Week from the Game of the Week. He's also eligible to continue receiving votes once again. He was our Week 1 Player of the Week in the polls. He's leading the polls in Week 2 once again. I sit down to speak with him, hear about what he's doing right at Central Valley and how they're going to continue on their path toward repeating as state champions when we return. Joining us on the show now is our Times Game of the Week Player of the Game for Week 2. He did it pretty much all by himself in the stat sheet at least. 210 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, stepped up big time to help the Warriors get a 21-12 win over Aliquippa. It is Landon Alexander. Landon, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, not great. I shot 100 today at Blackhawk Golf Course, which is, you know, a little bad for me, but, you know, it's football season. I shouldn't even be golfing, right? So, all right, Landon, so let's get right into it. You guys are going up against Blackhawk once again. After beating Aliquippa last week, you you play the team that you faced in week one. Wasn't originally supposed to be that way, but you do it on one day's notice. 
What's the preparation like to face a, a, a rival, a local team? You won't see them in the playoffs, not in the conference, but these are kids that you grew up playing against. You already beat them a couple weeks ago, but now you get a chance to prepare. How different is that for you uh, individually preparing for a matchup like this? Well, I'm pretty driven myself, and um, our te- the team itself is pretty driven. So it's just we prepare for this game like we would any at any other game. We we focus hard. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter really what what we beat them before, what the game was, or what the score was to the previous game that we played them. We just come out, we're ready to play, and it's just high. We're gonna we're gonna be high paced. We're gonna be focused, and we're just we're just gonna secure the W. That's the goal. I want to talk about the W you guys secured last week against Aliquippa. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, you've been a part of the change. Aliquippa and Central Valley have played six times now. The first two times where Aliquippa wins, four straight now for Central Valley, including a Whitfield championship. Would that have been your sophomore year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sophomore year there. And you beat them twice that year. Um, And then, you know, you move forward with everything. How good was it to end on top? Because I know that's that's been the top rival pretty much of your entire football career is you and Ale- you guys in Aliquippa. It's been great. I mean, like I said before, I got I got family over there, cousins over there, uh, good friends that I consider. But at the end of the day, you got to handle business for where you play your um your respective sport and for your respective team. So you have to handle business at the end of the day and. Your friends and all, and family and all, but there's just there's just something that goes unsaid. It's just like in the back of your mind that even though what terms we are may be good, you know at the end of the day that you still want to walk out with that victory. So it's just something like that. It feels good, but um, walking down the line what, after the game, I shook hands, talked to certain individual players, really showed them love. They showed me love back. It was just it was great respect at the end of the game. So I want to say shout out to them for sure. Absolutely. And I noticed that too, from a distance, there was, you know, sometimes when it's a chippy rivalry game like that, it's, it's tough to shake the other guy's hand, but there was none of that here. It was, there was a lot of, you know, respect on both sidelines, which was cool to see from my point of view, even Um, when we spoke this summer about your senior class, uh, when I was doing the story on the Friday night tykes thing and how you guys have pretty much won, I think you told me you've lost 11 football games in your entire life. And you're telling that to a guy who lost nine his senior year. So that's, that's, uh, that's tough for me to even wrap my head around, but you know, you, you look around and you've won little league championships. You won middle school championships. You've won state championships at high school. And while the, the class ahead of you had some big names, obviously, you know, guys going, all over the place, division one, but your argument was the class of 2022 is kind of the, the glue of it all that, that kind of anchored that group to so much success. And can you elaborate on that? I just say sometimes it's not all about the big names. Like we have a lot of guys that um, play, play great roles and they do their job amazingly well. And I feel like Maybe the media and the spotlight isn't necessarily all them, but that doesn't take away from what skill and what they bring to the table um, as a whole for the team. And so there's just certain guys that just do their job so well, and um, and unfortunately it just goes on hit. It just goes unsaid, and really give them a spotlight to them. But they just do their job amazingly well, and that's just little things like that and players like that take you a long way, a longer way than you could ever imagine. So. It's just, um, and it's no disrespect to the twenty one class because I got some some friends in there that I, I consider my brothers. So it's no disrespect to that class before, but um, as a senior this year, I just feel like 
this is my senior class, so I just feel like it's um we share like a special bond, and yeah, I just say, uh, yeah, I, I would probably just say that. I feel like we share a special bond, and yeah, I mean, you're fair to make the claim that you made. I mean, you know, you guys have there's documented proof. There's a TV show about you guys winning championships, so it's 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 all there. There's nothing wrong with being proud of the year you're graduating. So let's talk about you, Landon. Um, had a big breakout season last year as a junior. One of the top guys in the Whippeal this year, if not the entire state at your position. Um, but it looked like you went through a lot of transformation. Did, what was your off season like? What were you focused on? It looked like it was bulking up a little bit. And am I right there? Yeah, for sure. I wanted. Um, I came in last year. I was about 175, 180 good days. And later on in the season, I eventually worked up my way up to 180. And I just knew that I wanted to play at uh, 190. I knew that that's where I wanted to be at, and so it was just, just a lot. It was just a lot of eating, a lot of training, working out, like workouts back to back. I would go to a lifting workout, then it would be a stretch slash speed workout. Then I'd eat. It was just a lot of that, like almost almost every day in the summer. I'd probably say every day in the summer, actually, except for weekends, of course. But uh, yeah, like weekdays, I would just be in the gym grinding. It's definitely a personal grind. For sure, I'd say definitely personal grind. I knew I had to come out, step up. I had to be a leader this year for my team. And it's just embracing that role. Is, it's not something you can just slack on. You have to really work. Fair enough. So, Landon, I've had other people, uh, other players on this show. And um, when I asked them who is the best player that they're going to play against this season, all of them have pretty much said you. Kids from, you know, Blackhawk, Aliquippa. When you hear that, you know, it's to no surprise, honestly, just because you're you're returning all state running back. How do you deal with having that target on your back? Well, um, I would like to say it humbly. I mean, as we've been growing up, it's kind of been like that for a while. Like you go through little leagues and stuff like that. You always kind of had a target on your back. And as for Central Valley as a whole organization, I believe we have a target on our back a lot of the time. So it's nothing really. Um, it's nothing really new. It's just something you got to be humble about. And um, just keep your just keep your head down. And honestly, I try to be humble, and I want to show them why they would say that. I want to give them a reason, like like yeah, you said it, but I'm I'm gonna show you why you said it. And all humble, and all humbleness, though, mm -hmm. all humbleness. But I'm gonna show you why you said it for sure. All right, so we're wrapping this up now. We got one minute left. I'm gonna go through as many questions as possible. This is a speed round. I want you to rattle off as many answers. We'll see how many we can get through. We're gonna start in five seconds. Okay. All right. Two. Okay. Best player you've played against in your high school career? Um, MJ Devonshire. Okay. Uh, weight workouts or cardio workouts? I like weight workouts. What do you, what's better to watch, college football or NFL? NFL. Favorite football jersey of all time? Eric Dickerson. Colts or Rams? Eric Rams. Dickerson. Rams, okay. Favorite Central Valley football player of all time? Uh, probably have to say Jordan Whitehead. Okay. You have to give up your state championship ring or no cell phone for one year. Which one are you doing? I'm about to go with my state champ ring. You can't go without it for a year? A year? That's tough. That's tough. 
That, that's All it. right, fair enough. We'll wrap it up on that. Landon, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Best of luck to you this season. All right, thank you, thank you. Big thanks once again to Landon Alexander for coming on the show, talking some football. Uh, you know, it's... I, it's tough because I feel like he's going to be deserving to come on the show once again, but you want to have different kids on every time. But like I said, you, you know, earlier, you look at the, the play, football player of the week polls. He won week one. He might win week two. I have a feeling, you know, with the performances that he dishes out, it's, his name's going to be on there a lot. He's having a really good season so far. So big thanks to him for coming on. Guys, it's everyone's favorite part of the show. It's pick time. As of recording, we are recording this Tuesday afternoon. We have no cancellations. Everybody knock on wood, please. Everyone knock on wood if you're – if yeah, if you hear me, <laughs> shout out John Gruden. Um, we don't know if anything will be canceled, called off, you know, deemed a scrimmage. Who knows in this, in this time that we live in. But as of now, we're going to pick the 14-game slate. A little quick update on the standings. I have company. Here we go, Parth. Here we and go. He's a legend. Bill Allman has tied me for the top of the standings after going 11 and 0 last week. The the veteran of the sports staff, 32 years in the business, I think it is, said, "Hey, Noah, make room for me at the top." We're both at first place with 28 and 4 is our record. Josh is in second place, one pick behind us at 27 and 5. Joe Sager 26 and 6, and Parth in the house. Are tied Jeez. dead last. Parth, you gotta take a look in the seven. mirror, man. What's going on here? Narrow <laughs> margins, man. Narrow margins. I think I'm what three wins behind the first place. No yeah, highs. It's, it's like the AL. It's like the AL wild card race. You know, oh, like yeah. one one loss, one home run, one blown save, and it all goes to it all goes to crap. So <laughs> let's get into the picks right now. We have some parity here, but we're gonna fly through the games where we don't have parity. First game, Aliquippa at Ambridge. All of us picked Aliquippa. This historically is a rivalry game. Obviously, one program is a lot higher up than the other right now. It is interesting, though. Sherm McBride, first time taking on his old team. Uh, but we all like Aliquippa in this one, especially coming off a loss. Not good yeah. for the Bridgers. Yeah. Moving forward, this is an interesting game simply because, as of right now, it's scheduled to be a regular contest. That counts. It's Central Valley against Blackhawk. These two teams just played each other. Did the full varsity squads play throughout the entirety of that matchup? Probably mm. not. But this is the second time in three weeks these two teams will square off. It's Central Valley at Blackhawk, and everyone picks Central Valley again. Central Valley won this first one by, I think, a little over 20 points. Um, guys, real quick, if you're, if you're Central Valley or Blackhawk, and we're not judging them for whatever decision they do make, but what are the pros and cons of having this game played, Josh? Pro, you, your kids are playing on Friday night, getting more meaningful game reps. Con, what do you gain from this, you know, beating the same team for the second week in, in, in three tries? I mean, it just if, – if I were in the position of Mark Lyons or, or Zach Hayward, I, I wouldn't play this game. I'd give my kids a week off simply because they both played week zero. Right before conference plays. Yeah, started. give a week off, you know, lick some of your wounds, get some of your injured players back. But that's why they're paid the big bucks to make those decisions, <laughs> and we sit here and critique them. And to add on uh, about rest, there's one guy who could probably yeah. use an extra week of rest, and that's that's Matt Merritt. 
So, yeah. you know, the Central Valley starting quarterback who went down in like the second play the Central Valley offense ran last Friday. We don't know his status just yet, but mm-hmm. I'd assume an extra week of rest couldn't hurt. So that would be big too. However, you know, there is a part of it where you want these guys to keep playing. And Parth, you, you think this is an interesting story. I think it is. I mean, why not? Like, why would you take, you know, a bye week and what is basically what week three? Yeah. You know, play at full strength, both squads. We didn't see that last time they played run it back and, and see what happens. I think there's nothing to lose here. Or play it the way they played it before. Yeah, no or, do that. or do that. Or do that. Because in reality, this doesn't hurt Blackhawk. Even if Blackhawks one and three going into conference play, doesn't matter. It, look at their strength of schedule losses. They lost to two teams that are probably going to be in the Whitfield three A championship. That's a good North football North team, Catholic man. and Central Valley. That's a so, good football team. Yeah, those are two really good teams, and you know if they can take care of business in the Parkway, they'll be in the playoffs. The only thing non-conference really impacts is your seating and. Blackhawks good, but it's not like they're going to be competing with Thomas Jefferson and Bell Vernon and Al Equipa for the one spot. So right. these non-conference losses not going to have a huge impact on the Cougars long term. I see it both ways. I probably would have reached out to maybe an Erie team if I were both of them because they're having a little bit more cancellation problems up there and yeah. seeing if you could get something like that lined up. But if that was too much work, I get running it back against your neighbor again. So we move forward now. Brentwood, Quaker Valley. All of us have Brentwood. Uh, Brentwood's one and two. They have a win over Frazier, and their losses are to Keystone Oaks and Leechburg, both decent programs. So, um, you know, Quaker Valley showed something against Freedom, but I don't know if they get it done against Brentwood. And everyone echoes my opinion, I guess. So 6-0 and across the board. Here's a game that has some mixed picks. It is Olsh. It is Burgettstown. One close it- to your heart. Yeah, Josh, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm Blue Devil born. I'm Blue Devil bred. Oh, no. When he, I he die, I'll be Blue Devil dead. Oh, don't do that. Rah, rah for Burgettstown. Rah, rah oh, for Burgettstown. Rah, rah, rah for Burgettstown. Uh, I am picking the Blue Devil. Noah. Devils. All right. <laughs> What's All up? Right. Hey, listen, I, you know what? I'm not covering this game. If I cover him later on, I'll be unbiased or whatever. And it, it, No, you know you just remixed, right? You remixed the... You know, I'm a Tar Heel born, I'm a Tar Heel no, dead, and when I die, song. I'm a Tar Heel. No, 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 that's Burgettstown's fight song. We thought of it first. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. I'm Get out of here. Blue here. They had a nice, uh, they had a nice opening week win uh, over West Green, and they blew out a Vela, a nice Burgettstown tradition, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could always count on them for a nice, uh, nice win on our schedule there. As a Burgettstown alum... I'm going with my Blue Devils here, and this is no slight against Olsh. I mean, Burgettstown's been a good program over the last five to seven years. Uh, they have a new head coach. I'm interested to see what they do in their first real challenge of the season season against the Chargers team that's coming off of uh, a week with no game. So I'm going with the Blue Devils. And Bill Allman echoes my pick. The two first-place guys are going with Burgettstown. Parth and Josh, you took the Chargers. Why is that? Uh, I just went with Olsh, obviously, coming off that, that week off. You get some players back. I would assume that helps Nehemiah Azim get healthy for this game. And obviously we've seen what that Ulsh team is with a healthy Nehemiah Azim. And uh, I, I just went with the explosive offense, but uh, I would not be shocked if Burgettstown does pull off the win here. Yeah, I'm echoing Josh's sentiment right there. You know, we, we saw Ulsh practice, you know, during camp, during our camp tour. I wrote the preview. They have a lot of returners, a lot of guys coming back. That's a it's an explosive offense and a, and a good team, and I think coming off a week of rest with their Beaver Falls game being canceled, they'll be uh, they'll be ready to go. This is a team Olsh has not played a home game yet as well. That mm. could that could play a factor. I mean, it's not yeah. like they're 
a professional team traveling across the country. <laughs> yeah, flying to Car- so, uh, California. Still, playing on different fields, you know, Burgettown natural <laughs> yeah. grass fields a little bit different than playing on turf against other opponents. So that we move on now to Cornell Northgate. Everyone picks Cornell. Cornell looked great against Jefferson Morgan last week. Northgate's won one game in like the last five years. So uh, as this was an easy pick for everyone. New Brighton, Elwood City, similar story. Elwood City did not play last week. Their program still looking for their first win in quite some time. Uh, New Brighton, a loss to Southside, but they still have beat a good team in Western Beaver in week zero and overtime, we all took the Lions. Montour, Hopewell, everyone takes the Spartans over Hopewell. Hopewell took a little bit of a beating against Beaver last week in their first week back after a cancellation. We move on now to a game that we can really dive into, and it is Beaver Falls at Laurel. The Tigers are coming off a week of rest. They're taking on a team that will challenge them for this conference championship. It is Laurel, who's 3-0. and They have wins over Northeast, a team in northeast Pennsylvania, uh, or northwest Pennsylvania, actually. I think they're, you know, up from the Erie area. Uh, Shenango and Ambridge. All three wins were in dominant fashion. Um, and we, we have this board split. Parth, you took Laurel, as did Bill Allman and Joe Sager. The house, Josh, and myself took Beaver Falls. Parth, why Laurel over the Tigers here? Man, this is the one that I was going back and forth on, back and forth. I was ready to flip a coin, honestly. You look at Beaver Falls' schedule, and they're 0-2, but it's kind of a you know, deceiving look, right? If you look at 0-2, they, they played Blackhawk, they played Alcopa, and they played yeah. both teams tough, teams that are, uh, you know, talent-wise better than them. But Laurel, you know, they're 3-0. and I think uh, I think they keep rolling here. Okay. Josh, why Beaver Falls? Uh, I just – basically what Parth said, they are, they are battle-tested at this point. Not that Laurel isn't, but when you play, you know, a Blackhawk and an Aliquippa at this point, you're, you're experienced, you're ready to go – Laurel, they're a top five team we have in our Whippeal rankings right now, but I think this is the game where, where Beaver Falls gets on track and starts rolling downhill in conference play. Beaver Falls is pissed right now. Oh, yeah. Not only did they lose at home to rivals, their two biggest rivals, the one that shares a zip code with them in Blackhawk <laughs> and the one that historically they've gone toe-to-toe with for over 50 years in Aliquippa, then they get to week Two, and they're like, okay, we got Olsh. We can win this game. That gets called off. You've got these kids steaming with anger for three weeks now, and they're going to have an hour-long bus ride up the Laurel to think about it a little bit more. I'm thinking there's going to be a lot of anger and emotion taken out on that opening kickoff and that opening quarter. Look for the Tigers to jump out early and not let off the gas. I think they win this one big. So we move on now to Carrick at Southside. Carrick, a City League team, is 0-3. Their losses come to Steubenville Central Catholic, Madonna, uh, which is in Weirton, West Virginia, and Uniontown. Steubenville CC is a small little powerhouse in Ohio. Um, Weirton, Madonna was really good when I was growing up, like a state championship caliber single-A team. I don't know how good they are now. And then Uniontown is... uh, Subpar, I would say, Whitfield team in Class A. I think Southside takes care of business here. We have them six nothing across the board. The Rams, Rochester against Union, same deal. We all like Rochester in a sweep of that one. West Allegheny, Shaler, Hearth, you'll be at this one. Shaler, an exciting early story to this Whitfield football season. They had impressive wins over Newcastle and Mars. They lost in overtime to Hampton this past week, but we're all taking. The Indians here, 6-0 across the board there. Riverside and Freedom, Freedom across the board there. We have a perfect 6-0. 
Western Beaver Beaver is our second to last game that we'll talk about. It's on Saturday. Josh, you'll be there once again. Uh, Josh, you you really like this Western Beaver team, and that's why you and Parth are picking them. Um, what what do you think gives them the edge against a, a bigger Beaver fall or a, a bigger Beaver area team? Excuse me, in this matchup. Uh, it, it comes down to the skill, guys. I mean, obviously, you guys know how much I like Wyatt Ringer for Beaver, but Western Beaver is just absolutely loaded, like I said at the top of the show, and I think that they're a quick-strike offense that can put up points in a hurry from anywhere on the field. Uh, and, and I think that, that Beaver is still working players into the fold, coming back from the COVID outbreak that the team had early in the year. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to come down to, you know, who has the ball last, you know, last possession. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a – game i'm really looking forward to being at on saturday just being in that 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 atmosphere so parth uh you have anything to add on that one yeah no not really just want to echo everything josh said Uh, i think western beavers looked good in both their games you know obviously they lost their opener against new brighton new brighton's a good team uh freedom they they eked one out and i think they'll they'll get this one too all right so you guys both have western beaver as does the house Myself, Bill, and Joe all have Beaver, and the reason I have Beaver, you mentioned the skill. I'm saying Beaver wins not because of the skill, but because of what they can do in the trenches. I think they have more size. I think they're a little bit more of a physical team. I don't – yeah, I agree. I I love what Western Beaver has on the outside with the speed, the athleticism, but that's not where Western Beaver wins football games. They're going to pound the ball down the middle. They're going to have Wyatt Ringer run the ball 20 times, maybe throw it 10, but in those 20 carries, he's going to pick up a lot of yards that are gritty up the gut and battle his way into another victory, I think. I think Beaver starts off 3-0. I'm curious to watch that battle of White Ringer against Aaron Smith for Western Beaver, kind of those two leaders on that defense. Aaron Smith was everywhere Saturday against Riverside, so that will be a an incredible matchup uh, within the game. And last but certainly not least, we get to our Beaver County Times game of the week. This is where I will be this week. It is between North Hills hitting the road and heading to the airport or out of this world. They're heading to Moon where they'll be taking on <laughs> – the number one team in the Whippeal. And we're not talking basketball. We're not talking soccer. We're talking about football. Yes, Moon Township, the number one team in the Whippeal for Class 5A. And we're not the only one that has it, even though our poll's the only one that matters. That's what we want you to focus on. We're not the only one who thinks this, folks. This team is the darling, I guess, of, of the Whippeal this year. No team has really gained more respect in such a quick amount of time than the Moon Tigers have this year. Just going from could they do it to being ahead of Gateway, being ahead of Penn Trafford, being ahead of Pine Richland. All of these programs who have historically dominated, it's moon at the top looking down upon everyone else. North Hills will be a good test, though. They take they they have wins over Plum. They have wins over Mars. Those are two really good programs, teams that will probably be in the playoffs. They lost to Seneca, who Moon blew out in Week 0. You don't like to do that comparison game too much, but... I think everyone is on the same wave here. Moon, 6-0 across the board. Josh, you've been on the Tiger since day one. What happens here that gives them a 4-0 start? It just comes down to the play in the trenches. I mean, they, when you see Moon Friday night, Noah, you're going to see what you saw in, in, in camp during the summer. They are a downhill physical team. They're not going to be that, you know, you know, trickeration type offense or any gadget plays or airing it out. They're going to run downhill with Dylan Slava behind that offensive line and they're going to punch you in the mouth, play after play, wear you down into the fourth quarter. That's what they've done since youth football. They're doing it now at the high school level, and uh, 
I feel like I'm the conductor of this train right now, and it's been an awesome ride. They are they are a damn good football team. That that's an offensive line that they're not. They couldn't all start at college next year, but I think if you just kept that unit growing, by the time they're all seniors in college, that could be a starting offensive line at a decent sized program. I think mm-hmm. yeah. they're they're collectively just a great unit. They're so, super underrated on defense too. Like it's. Yep. The, they just flip over to the defensive side of the ball, and they're the front seven there. So, well, I mean, when and when you're good, when you have a good line, offense and defense. I mean, you look at teams like the 49ers. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier for your quarterback, and that's not taking anything away from McGowan. He's a really good player, regardless of who's blocking for him. But it's a lot it's a lot easier to run for 200 yards. It's a lot easier to make big throws. It's a lot easier to get open Absolutely. when you have more time to operate. And defensively, it's a lot easier to make plays at linebacker. It's a lot easier to cover guys in the secondary when your defensive line is able to provide pressure without having to send anyone on blitzes. We saw that in, from the black and gold on Sunday as well. Yep. So, guys, any final thoughts as we wrap up this show? I think it's just going to be an awesome week of football. I mean, I know that there's a ton of matchups that are kind of across the board with us, with our picks, but uh, mm-hmm. just excited to, to follow along with your guys' tremendous coverage here Friday night. Um, no no, uh, no offense to Parth, but I think I'll be paying a slight bit more attention to <laughs> Noah uh, on Friday night just because I want to see what Moon does in another I mean, uh, huge test. Who wouldn't pick me over Parth, you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Be sure to hit that subscribe all button if you haven't already. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Check out our picks in the paper. Check out our coverage on timesonline.com, and we will see you all again next week.